I got you stuck off the realness. It's been a crazy last couple of months with everything healing up with my ankle, so physical therapy was getting ratcheted up, and uh, I just felt the need to write things as opposed to other people hearing my sexy, sexy voice, but I'm back here, and you know it's got to be important if I'm talking about it on The Realist, and... NFL training camps began today, and there was one particular name that is a hot-button topic these days. He's not in a camp because there are certain opinions that we will discuss shortly with the editor of Total Sports Live, Jovan Alford, and he is on the line right now. Hey, Jovan, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to be on. Like you said, it's been a while since you did this. Yeah, that I know. was the Baltimore Orioles recent incident, so, yeah, we're always touching that touchy subject. It's always something. It's always something when I have you on the podcast. Like, I don't get it. All right, so, Colin Kaepernick. Let's just, let's just do it. Is this guy being blacklisted by the NFL owners? Like, in your, in your expert opinion, would you say he's being blacklisted? I mean, I, I I believe he's blacklisted. I mean, when you look at all the quarterbacks that have been signed this offseason and and how not even up to the caliber of quarterback that they are in comparison to Kaepernick, you got to see he's being blackballed. Because there's no way a guy who led his team to the NFC Championship game and then to the Super Bowl is now – Sitting on the free agent market when guys like Geno Smith, uh, Matt Barkley, Brian Hoyer, uh, the Nick Foles, no disrespect to Nick Foles, but Nick Foles, uh, there's Dan Orlovsky. I mean, there's just there's, so many names I could just run down the list of backups that are in the league that are not better than Kaepernick. So, yeah, totally, without a doubt, he'd be in blacklist. So, for those of you that have been under a rock for the last uh, year, year and a half, here's here's the history. Uh, Kaepernick sat during the national anthem out of protest in um, response to, well, not in well, kind of in response to um, police brutality, police shootings, unarmed black men being uh, shot by police. That moved over to kneeling during the national anthem out of protest and I would like to point out that nothing that I've looked at nothing that I've read maybe Jovan you found something that proved me wrong but I haven't heard of any problems in the locker room when Kaepernick was doing this if anything I felt like most of his teammates were supportive no you're right his teammates were very supportive and didn't he win if I'm not mistaken didn't he win an award this year for being a good teammate or something humanitarian for the 49ers organization, I believe. So he hasn't even been a locker room problem. It's been more of the outside noise, you know, making it an issue. When this guy was doing this in a preseason game, a deal, we're not talking. He started this 
in the regular season. This dude was doing this in preseason, and nobody really didn't even notice he was doing it. Right. Um, this kind of this kind of behavior was mimicked by other other football players, including the Philadelphia Eagles' own Malcolm Jenkins. He wouldn't he wasn't kneeling during the anthem, but he would raise the black power fist with various other Eagles teammates. And uh-huh. you know when when it happened, and I saw it for the first time, I said, you know what, I'm I'm with this. Sports has always been kind of a hidden great platform for political statements. Go back yep. to history with Muhammad Ali and the the Olympics with the black power fist in the 60s. Like this is this is precedent. Like this is something that's been going on for years and years and years. So I don't know why people are so bent out of shape about it now. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And remember remember when it initially happened, you had all the you know, you had all the hot takes stories coming out. I mean, there was that tweet by Aubrey Huff saying, you know, who was a former Major League Baseball player, telling, you know, people, telling Colin Kaepernick to get out the country. And that was the so, that was such a mind-blowing thing, is that you had people saying Kaepernick should leave the country when this dude is just literally expressing his first amendment right. But you're telling him to leave the country? I don't want to create like a like a false parallel, but I don't quite remember such a backlash when um, Tim Thomas, the Bru- uh, the goalie for the Boston Bruins, decided not to meet with uh, President Obama after the Bruins won the Stanley Cup. Uh-huh. Like I don't want to create like any kind of a false narrative, but like at the same time, I don't remember hearing anything about that. I don't want to straight up call um, double standard like that, but it does seem kind of suspicious to me. No, it, it is suspicious, and, and like you said, you don't want to create that false parallel, but you, like you said, nobody wasn't giving outrage about that, and I just looked up the award that Kaepernick won. It was the uh, the Lynn Esmond Award, which is the Inspiration and Courage Award that the 49ers get on each year, so that's what he won this past week. But he decided that he would be a, distra- a distraction. And this is something that is handed out by the team. So, like, this mm-hmm. isn't something that's, like, voted on by, like, fans or anything like that. Like, the team voted Kaepernick to get this award. So I thought that was, I thought that was a really, intri- I thought that was a really cool little, little gesture. Um, now, getting back to uh, the comments from outside sources, it's been, it's been kind of a whirlwind the last year, and then it's only ratcheted up recently even further. Um, Michael Vick coming out with the whole comment, he should cut his hair, look a little more clean cut. Um, this coming from a guy that had uh, cornrows in his career at some point, so I'm just like, yeah, you can kick rocks with that. Um, Brandon Marshall, uh, linebacker for the Denver Broncos, uh, former teammate of Kaepernick at the University of Nevada, made a very decent point. Don't tell me Geno Smith is better than Colin Kaepernick. We'll get to Kaepernick's stats in a second. And then you pointed out to me a couple of things. Um, uh, Clay Travis said some things, and I wanted you to elaborate on that a little bit more. What's the best way to describe him, Adio? He's a... Uh... He was he was what you would call. I don't want to disrespect anybody, but he's like a a right like a conservative like sports reporter, a sports writer. If that makes sense. 
he's, he, he's not quite like the Alex Jones of sports reporting, but like at the same time, he has come out. He's said some pretty effed up things. Uh, the things that he said about Demarcus Cousins, for example, comes to mind. So, oh yes. When I heard that Clay Travis opened his fat traps, I didn't really think much of it because I'm just thinking, you know what? He's he's out there trying to get clicks and. Get people to come to his site, which is fine, whatever, but don't expect me to agree with that nonsense. And right. then uh, Jason Whitlock also said oh, that uh, something about uh, USA Today is um, basically fighting against racism is stupid during a really weird anti-Kaepernick rant. Like what? Uh-huh. What even? What even happened there? Just, like just the fact that he said something to the effect of fighting against racism is stupid because first of all you're an african-american male in the united states so your history your culture is it's kind of built on fighting against racism at this point your culture has had 200 years or more of fighting racism and you're still fighting racism and you're going to say some nonsensical crap like that yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. And Jason Whitlock is literally just Clay Travis, but in the form of a black man. And I'm sorry to say that, but it, it, it is what it is. He says outlandish stuff to get views, to get clicks on whatever his video is. He got that show on Fox Sports 1 called Speak for Yourself. And I'm looking at a tweet from back in May where he said about Kaepernick saying this dude doesn't sound tough enough or man enough to play the game of football, which is just a low blow because is Jason Whitlock man enough to say this to Colin, to Colin Kaepernick in his face? In the same thing with Clay Travis when his article is, t- is titled, Colin Kaepernick is an idiot. Are you man enough to say that in his face? And remember Clay Travis in his article went on talking about Kaepernick, you know, not being black, that he was raised by, like, white parents and saying, you know, what does the United States do to oppress black people? It was just, the whole the whole column was just a mess. I can go on for, like, days about how um, systemic racism still very much exists in the United States. All right. Joe Montana had some pretty interesting things to say like when the Jason Whitlock thing came out as well said that Kaepernick's lack of skill sorry is to blame for his unemployment which I don't know if I agree with that 11 starts last year these are Kaepernick's numbers in 11 starts last year 59.2 completion percentage not not great but not terrible either it's not it's not Tim Tebowian or anything um (laughs) 2,200 yards, 16 TDs, four interceptions. That's a really, really good TD, TD to INT ratio, actually. Four to one. And then 400 and almost 500 yards rushing and two touchdowns. I don't see where the lack of skill comes in. If you want to deep dive further into that, that's fine. Say that he still can't really read a defense, which was kind of a problem with him coming out of college. If you want to say something like that, that's fine. But elaborate on that kind of statement that you're making. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. If you're going to say he does not have skill to be a starter in the NFL or to be an NFL quarterback, then back it up. But if you're going to back it up by using last year's stats, then 
that's ridiculous because you just ran off the stats. Like you said, the completion the completion percentage isn't strong, but you got to look at the weapons that he had in San Francisco last year. His best wide receiver was Torrey Smith, who had a down year himself. You're also playing in a Chip Kelly offense, which is very predictable, too. So, but, but like you said, he had 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. That's better than what a lot of quarterbacks did uh, in, in probably in that same amount of time, you know, last season. And then you got to look at, you know, a lot of people don't forget that we got to remember when he played against Miami last season. That was vintage Kaepernick. Vintage Kaepernick. I think he had like almost, uh, what was it, like close to four, between 400 and 500 yards of total offense. By himself. I am looking that up right now. So it was late November. Uh, these are Kaepernick's stats and loss against Miami. This is in Miami. Twenty-nine. A playoff team. A playoff team. Twenty-nine to forty-six for 63 percent completion, two hundred ninety-six yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and then he ran the ball ten times for one hundred and thirteen yards. Show me that and. The stats over the course of an entire season, which he put up, and I think he's still got some talent in him. He just needs to be given a chance and put in the right system. Um, we talk about some of the names that are being given contrast. Like Nick Foles as a backup is kind of a kind of a whatever. It's, I mean, right? Foles, yeah. Foles is the kind of quarterback that will fit in the Eagles system, even though I would have loved it if Philadelphia took a chance on him, just like they did Michael Vick, just to prove a point. Um, but Geno Smith going to the Giants, Brian Hoyer going back, going to San Francisco, I didn't think the Niners were going to re-sign Kaepernick anyway, so that's kind of a wash. Um, Atlanta bringing Matt Shaw back, I have, it's, just, it's a safe thing if Matt Ryan goes down, I guess. Um, the one that kind of gave me pause was, as you alluded to, the Dan Orlovsky signing. You have to remember, this is a guy that is famous for running out of the back of the end zone during a regular season game for the Detroit Lions. Uh, mm-hmm. That guy has a contract to play professional football. There is, There has been reports about... Um, Johnny Manziel possibly getting another shot. Like, I I don't get it. I mean, who would you rather who would you rather have at this point? Would you rather have Kaepernick or would you rather have Johnny Manziel? Johnny Manziel hasn't done a damn thing in the NFL to this point. He hasn't. He's been more of a problem child than an actual player in the NFL. And oh, we can't forget also, you know, who keeps on getting a contract in the NFL? Josh McCown. He he somehow finds himself getting a contract. He's Always finding work like, some way. Some way. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I, I just don't. Um, and now it came out today that um, RG3, Robert Griffin III, he's either already signed or he's getting looked at by the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. Like the Chargers don't have enough guys that are going to be hurt by week four? Like what? what's the point there? Exactly, exactly. And again, you got to look at that situation. Okay, RG3, he's been kind of a, you know, an, an uh, injury waiting to happen, sad to say. I mean, I'm not going to call him IR3, which our friend Greg does. He, you know, I call him that. Him That's that. fine. You, you can call him that on this podcast. <laughs> so, you know, IR3, you know, he's been on the injured reserve. Kaepernick really hasn't had that bad, hasn't had the kind of injuries that, 
Griffin having, like you said, the Chargers going to take a chance on to work them out tomorrow. And would it be a surprise that the Chargers don't something? Would it be a? It would not be a surprise to see the Chargers just go and sign Griffin after the workout, which then would say, "Come on, y'all, are you are you serious?" And no disrespect to RG three, but come on, who's had a better who's had a better career at this point? Kaepernick's had a better career than RG three at this point. Kaepernick's had a much better career than RG three to this point, and I want to get back to. I want to go back to something about um, like perception and the the idea that like optics don't look good. So Kaepernick did the sitting and then the kneeling during the national anthem, and I can un- I can understand like it's it's America and you know America and all that stuff, but you're also talking about a league that employs guys that are there are numerous cases of DUI or drug use or uh-huh. domestic violence and yep. I just don't know why making a political stance in the NFL I'm not sure why that is kind of where the line in the sand gets drawn like do you do you make any sense of that whatsoever I can't make any sense of that like you said they almost make it seem like having a political stance is like the worst thing in the world and it's just like dude like like you said you got guys getting in trouble DUI marijuana you know Josh Gordon for example still trying still can't get back in the league because of drugs you know you got domestic abuse who remembers you know Greg Hardy somehow making it back into the NFL uh, what was it last season or year before he's still getting back in the league because of domestic abuse come on now and and, and and that's my problem with the NFL is that they they make such a big stink and, and, and about somebody making a political stance, but you know they don't lay the hammer down when it comes to domestic you know violence and a domestic abuse. Because with the Ray Rice thing, the first happened, oh, we're not going to do anything really. Give him a severe punishment. Then the video comes out. Oh, now we gotta give him a real severe punishment. Exactly. But Kaepernick, but Kaepernick is like, oh, well, he's taking a political stance. So we can't have that on our football team. It's like, yeah, we have standard. to, we have to put the kibosh on that like right away. Right. We can't, we can't have you know a quarterback or a player you know showing up, standing up against oppression and racial injustice, which still plagues this country till this day. But hey, the Giants can keep their kicker Josh Brown. For you know, abusing his wife. This isn't the first time there has been a stance made in terms of um, the we'll just we'll just call it the the Black Lives Matter movement. Like I know Kaepernick's uh-huh. not a part of that, but just the just the idea that there is racial injustice between African Americans and um, various police forces in the United States. Uh, I remember I wrote something. For Total Sports Live, when members of the St. Louis Rams came out and did the uh, hands up, hands up, don't shoot motion yeah. coming out of the tunnel, and I thought I thought that was fine. I had no problem with that, and at the time, Coach Jeff Fisher didn't have any problem with that. Um, the the FOP in St. Louis kind of rose a stink a little bit, but that kind of went away after a while. Um, so I'm going to say something that might sound a little hot takey, but you can agree with me or agree to disagree. That's fine. In the four major sports, I feel like 
the NBA when it comes to um, social consciousness and social justice issues and like political activism. I think that the NBA is hands down the best of the four major sports. I know they've had like they had the they had the issue with the um, the former Clippers owner, but Adam Silver, Donald Sterling, Donald Sterling, like Adam Silver, kind of put that to bed like real quick after David Stern let it run rampant for so long. So at least they are moving to get rid of some of that. But at the same time, like you have like the best player in the NBA in LeBron James when he was with the Miami Heat, getting together with his entire team and doing the the hoodie photo when Trayvon Martin was was killed. Like that was uh-huh. that was just powerful. And I feel like the NBA does a much better job at not necessarily promoting their athletes to be socially conscious, but being accepting of it. Would you agree or disagree with that? I would agree with that. They are much more, you know, accepting of their players, you know, allowing them to be themselves and not penalizing them for it. You know, they allow Adam Silver, like you said, he set the president right away saying, you know what, we're not going to let this guy who's been, who's been racist and doing, you know, racial divisive things to, you know, damage our league. And I think that, and to be honest with you, I think that was probably the biggest thing Silver could have did as the, as the commissioner early in his career for the league. That kind of set the president like, yes, this guy isn't a joke. Like, he's not playing around. Unlike Roger Goodell, he plays around. Like, uh, now, we have no faith in Goodell. We have faith in Adam Silver. None whatsoever. I, I, have, I have no faith in Roger Goodell as a commissioner. Like, he is a straw man. Back to the NBA thing. Um, could that also have something to do with the the cultural makeup of the league as a whole? Because it is predominantly African American in the NBA. So I think that Adam Silver recognizes that, and he says to himself, "You know what? Ninety to ninety-five percent of my league is African American. They're going to feel a certain way about this. So I I just got to let them go to an extent." Certainly, and also the NBA is a global game, too, as well. So they not only do they have African-Americans playing their sport, you know, they have other guys from other countries playing from their sport, playing, you know, in their league as well. So, you know, to show that, you know, type of, you know, saying, like, we'll stand behind, like, we're standing behind you for the, for the things that you want to, you know, that you're fighting for socially, I think that's also huge for the players that, you know, are not from this country that are from, you know, Spain or China or wherever, you know. I think that also helps them with making this saying, you know, we are a global game. And if you're a global game, you got to care about everybody. You can't be saying, oh, this player is being standing up for oppression. We don't like him. NBA is not like that. So let's bring it back full circle. Let's, let's say... Kaepernick's still on the market, obviously. So let's let's figure out what teams kind of still make sense. How about Jacksonville? Like, do we know if like Blake Bortles has pretty much had three years to see if he's good or not? Like, I'm inclined to say that he's he's the he's the typical good stats on a bad team kind of player, but doesn't really have good stats either. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that would be a good a great option for him because who's your backup right now? Chad Henney. Um. Yes. Like, it, it would be it would be Chad Henney. That's correct. Um, so that's 
So that's not so he can definitely unseat Chad Henney and Jacksonville hasn't even gave an extension to Blake Bortles. So that tells you all you need to know about how they feel about him. And I'm not saying that Kaepernick is going to make Jacksonville relevant or anything, no. but, you know, like putting a couple extra hundred butts in the seats couldn't hurt, you know? Uh-huh. Um, Denver. They're kind of in, they're kind of in win-now mode, and, like, they have to be with the roster that they constructed if, with the players that they have. I don't know if Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch will get them to the AFC Championship game. Um, I, I just, I don't know. Like, maybe Paxton Lynch takes that next step and overtakes Simeon, but... If John Elway wants to keep winning Super Bowls, I, I don't know if he can do it with one of those two guys. What, what would you think about Kaepernick and Denver? I think that will work because, like you said, they're in a win-now mode, and this guy knows how to win. He's been to the promised land. I mean, he got his team to the next championship and got him to the Super Bowl. They were close to winning the Super Bowl. So he's been there, done that, and then also he'll be joining not a young team like Jacksonville, but a very veteran team. And the Broncos to have, you know, veteran guys on offense and defense. So it wouldn't even be a problem with, you know, his political views or anything like that or all the extra noise, you know, making, you making, you know, making it a distraction. So I think that could work because, like you said, Trevor Simeon, he's a seventh round guy. So I don't know if Denver, you want to pin your hopes on a Super Bowl to on a seventh round guy, Paxton Lynch, who's, you know, a first rounder, but we still don't know what he is yet. You know what you're getting at Colin Kaepernick. You don't know what you're getting at Paxton Lynch, who and, may be still a project at this point. And I would like you said, I would like to point out that Paxton Lynch was beat out by a seventh round guy. Mm-hmm. Um and when you look at Denver, like there are a couple other things that make it really interesting. Because Denver has a strong organization, they have a strong front office, and they have the yeah. kind of front office personalities that can come out and say, yeah, we're going to sign this guy, we think he can help our ball club, and we're ready to handle the, any and all PR distractions. Like, bring it. That's fine. We can take it. And they got an African-American coach, too. And an African-American coach. Um, this next one is way too perfect, and it makes way too much sense. Carolina Um, we saw what happened to the Panthers when they don't have Cam Newton Uh and I think that would be a perfect landing spot to be a backup to Cam Newton and if Newton goes down or if he gets hit in the noggin one too many times illegally I might add last year um, I think that Kaepernick can step in in that offense and make it run like clockwork as a, as a backup. Would and this is the other thing that we need to consider: if does does Kaepernick really want to just like start? Like if he wants to start, that's one thing. But if he's okay with just being a backup and being a pretty well paid backup, then that's another thing entirely. What do you think? I, to be honest, I think he I think he would be okay being a backup because he would he would know and least have security to know that he'll always have a job. And that at any moment the starter could go down and he has to be ready. He would be the most ready backup that can be a starter. You know, and when you look at Carolina's backup quarterbacks, they have Joe Webb. Come on now. And, and they have Derek, Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson. Another journeyman quarterback that still finds a job. 
that cannot run the type of offense that Carolina wants to run with a running game and what they have with Jonathan Stewart and Christian McCaffrey. So that's too perfect. Like you said, it's too perfect. Another situation that might be too perfect is uh, back in his old division, the the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Carson Palmer is not getting any younger. He'll be 38 this year, and that, as much as I love David Johnson, when teams are stacking eight, nine guys in the box, you need somebody that can throw to Larry Fitzgerald or one of the Brown brothers, like, downfield, and... I'm telling you now, like that that quarterback is not on the roster if Carson Palmer gets hurt. So I, if Kaepernick came in and he was playing in Arizona, he was a backup. Carson Palmer is almost guaranteed to go down at this point. Like you can almost you can almost set your watch at and buy it. Um, I I think that Kaepernick is more than capable of keeping that ship afloat while. Carson gets healthy, or if he's just out for the entire season. Like, Kaepernick to Arizona looks like it seems like a pretty damn good um, landing spot. Um, that will work, too, because what do they have? They have a very good coach that would not, would, that would make sure everything stays fine. They got Larry Fitzgerald on that team. Like I said, they got Carson Palmer. Defense, they got Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew. Remember when Matthew came out, everybody thought he was going to be a problem child. And he's been. Um, he's been a model citizen in the NFL. He and changed I, his life around completely. And I think that speaks to Bruce Arians because Bruce Arians mm-hmm. is the kind of coach that don't take no – he doesn't take no nothing from nobody. No. And then when you look at Arizona's quarterback position, what do they have? Journeyman quarterbacks behind Carson Palmer. Drew, Drew Stanton and, and Blaine Gabbert. Is it Blaine Gabbert? Jesus. Blaine Gabbert. All right, maybe that would be a little Chip, too awkward. Who, who Chip Kelly tried to make us believe that he was the, the ne- that he was going to reinvent him and make him be the next coming? Oh my God! In his offense, what wasn't what's what's Chip Kelly doing nowadays? Is he is he like is he is he working the drive through at McDonald's in Oregon, just waiting for the Ducks to call back again? Like what's going on? I think he's on ESPN. He's going to be on ESPN this year. That'll that'll work, I guess. Um, he better be doing college football though, because he's not—he's not analyzing pro football. Um, yeah, college. So let's just round it all out. So put your general manager hat on, and just like there are 32 teams in the NFL, just give me uh-huh. your perfect situation, and what would you sign Kaepernick to? Okay, so we go by our list, and that's I'm going to keep it at. I'm going to keep it at. It doesn't, have, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be like the list of teams that was mentioned. Like you can say, you can say Oakland if you really want to. But <laughs> um, one team that you didn't bring up, which I think is definitely could be a possibility for Kaepernick, is I think the Indianapolis Colts as well. Mm. I think the Colts could be a very interesting, um, very interesting, you know, team. Uh, because, remember, they got rid of Ryan Grigson, and now they have a new GM, Chris Ballard, who I think will, who, you know, even Casey, I think he would be a great fit for Kaepernick because Andrew Luck can't stay healthy. And we don't, know how, we don't know how that shoulder surgery has healed up. Right, exactly. And what do they have then? What do they have again behind him? A journeyman quarterback and Scott Tolzien. And P.J. Walker. P.J.'s on their team. <laughs> but I don't know P.J. Walker. <laughs> Scott Tolzien. Scott Tolzien wow. is his backup. 
So I think that would be an option. And I, if I was a team, I would sign Kaepernick. Maybe I give him a one-year deal, obviously, but I make it maybe one year, uh, one year, maybe two million. See, that's fair. Think, that's fine. Because I think, because I think Kaepernick's not about the money, man. And we saw, and we seen that with his, with his, I know my rights camp and stuff like that. Like, it's not about, it's not about the money to him. Anything that he does, like, remember, he donated his contract. The first million wasn't like the, the first million dollars of his contract last season. He donated to his program, and it went directly to that. So I mean, I don't think it's about the money. It's just about teams giving them opportunity and just getting all the media noise that will come with it. So my my choice, I do like Indianapolis. Like that's that's a, that's a sneaky decent pick because you're not sure how good or bad Andrew Luck is going to be after Soldier Surgery. I'm really hoping he's going to be okay because he's on my fantasy team, but whatever. Um, I'm going to stay in the NFC West. Like, I think Kaepernick to Arizona. Like, he's... The the Cardinals are always a healthy quarterback away from being in the NFC Championship game. And... I, I think Carson Palmer is destined to go down before, like, week seven or week eight. And uh-huh. I think if they have somebody in there like Kaepernick who will add another dimension to that offense and the running ability with David Johnson, and even if he can't, even if he can't really read defense, which, yes, that is a problem, but if he puts up similar TD to INT ratios, I think he'll be okay. He'll be fine. And as as far as salary, I I give him a little bit more of a raise than just two million dollars. Like for for Arizona, I would do, I would definitely do one year for sure. I wouldn't uh-huh. do multiple years because you have to think that if you're Arizona, you're going to be drafting your quarterback of the future anyway pretty soon. Yes. So for a backup like Kaepernick, I would do a mil. I would do six mil for a year, just to oh, be. Oh yeah, we'll probably we'll probably get sentence probably packed in with that too. Yeah. Um, one one year, um, six mil with incentives. You can push that up to nine or ten, I guess, if he yeah. has certain uh, performance incentive, which I think is a fair deal for a thirty-year-old backup quarterback. That's totally fair. Yeah, it is totally fair. And well, one thing that you did bring up, and I'm glad you did. You know, you keep you you know you hit on the point of you know people saying you know Kaepernick you know can't read defenses and stuff like that. Why is it, and I don't want, people hear this, I don't want to sound like I'm being, you know, like, you know, like I'm being, like, racist or anything by saying this, but why is it always when when it's an African-American quarterback, per se, right? They always try to switch him from quarterback to play running back or wide receiver, and they always say he can't read defenses. I'm I'm not convinced that Johnny Manziel can read a defense, and they're looking at him for for a contract. Right. But nobody questions him about it and say, well, Johnny Manziel, he can't play. He can't read the defense. What they'll say, oh, Johnny Manziel, he's too small to play quarterback. So, But they won't say, oh, but we're not going to tell him to switch position. Shoot, even Tim Tebow is in the NFL. They were still pushing him to be quarterback until the end where he just switched positions. But it wasn't – but, again, it happened until the end. But at the beginning, they weren't saying Tim Tebow should be a running back in the NFL, should be a tight end. Oh my God. Quarterback. I, I thought it, when when the Eagles signed Tim Tebow in a Chip Kelly offense, I was just thinking, you know what? This is going to be awesome. He'll be a nice eighth back, 
and he might catch some passes out of like a like the backfield kind of situation, but like it never happened. I was really pissed about that. Mm-hmm. But whatever. <laughs> but that's the thing that had me so puzzled when it comes to quarterbacks like Kaepernick, Vic, you know, Lamar Jackson. I can name so many other African American quarterbacks where it's like this guy's really fast, but he can't really throw. He doesn't have a strong arm, or he doesn't know how to read defenses, or he's not accurate. So we might as well we might switch him to running back or wide receiver because that's where his best attributes are most will be most well received at. And it doesn't it, it kind of, that kind of infuriates me so much when people say that type of stuff because it's just like come on you're not doing that to any you know white quarterback you're not doing that to Johnny Manziel you're not doing that to Tim Tebow. In fact, Tim Tebow threw the game winning touchdown pass in the playoffs a couple years ago where everybody's freezing. <laughs> I'm too young to really wonder. Well, I can wonder, but I'm too young to really think about like what was said about Randall Cunningham when he came out of college. Like he was supposed right. to be, he was supposed to be the next evolution of the quarterback position. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if they said similar things about him, but I mean Cunningham had a pretty decent career for a while. Yeah, he did. But um, hopefully we get. Hopefully, sorry. Hopefully, Kaepernick gets signed soon. I mean, training camps are starting, so you have to think that you know injuries are bound to happen. Uh, just off the top of my head, Teddy Bridgewater in training camp last year, like that was gruesome. Oh God! Um, thankfully, he, thankfully he got his brace off. It seems like so that's a good thing. Yeah, big up. Totally good thing. Big up, Teddy Bridgewater. Hoping you take the job back from Sam Bradford because yeah, Minnesota's not going anywhere with Sam Bradford. Um, yeah. So thanks for coming on the Realist. Um, to everyone listening, I promise I'll have more Realist podcasts. Like I promise, <laughs> like for real, like seriously this time. Um, thank you, Jovan. Um, as always, totalsportslive.com. Uh, check out all of Jovan's work. Check out all of my work. Check out everybody's work on totalsportslive.com. We got some great stuff coming out this week. Um, what's uh, what's some good stuff coming out this week? Um, probably you know you might you know definitely you might get this Kyrie stuff because you know the, the the sky is falling for. The oh team. man! No, oh my God! And I thought about your column last week when we were doing the when me and Andrew were doing this podcast and we referenced that like. It's so funny. Adil wrote a column earlier in the week about Dan Gilbert and LeBron and the Cavs are going to repeat the same history. And then later in the week, you get the whole Kyrie thing going. So I'm like, oh, man, like, the sky is, like, falling. So you got that, you know. We'll definitely touch on some Eagles stuff, obviously, because training camp is just starting. So we're going to hit on hit on that stuff. Then, you know, whatever happens in the wild world of sports, we don't – that's one thing good about, you know, TSO. And it's not a credit to me. It's a credit to everybody else that writes. We don't – but there's no boundaries and no limits to what we do. Just because we're Philadelphia sports, we touch everything. So that's pretty good. And also support the Patreon page, by the way. Really appreciate it. support that thing. I'll put the I'll put the link to the Patreon page on this podcast so that everybody can look at it because that's that's another way that like people can support us, even if it's for as little as like a dollar a month like that. That really yes. that really helps us. So like you know, we're just a bunch of independent people doing independent things, doing some real big things. Um, one thing I will point out: uh, first day of training camp for the Eagles, uh, Donnell Pumphrey looked really good catching passes from from Carson. <laughs> Former San Diego State Aztec, my alma mater, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a Pumphrey jersey as soon as they're available. I'm just telling you now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm wearing a Donnell Pumphrey jersey to the League of Hidden Temple Fantasy Draft. Like, mark it down, like, right now. I, I can't wait for it. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Until next time, uh, thanks, for, thanks for coming on and chatting with me about, you know, more socially conscious issues that you're – Actually, you're you're always more than happy to come on and talk about this stuff, so I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no problem. Anytime I'm always willing to talk about, you know, social conscious stuff because it is important. It is. It, is. it really is. Else, a lot of people will shy from it or they'll give outlandish stuff. So, hey, if the Clay Travis's and the Jason Whitlock's can, you know, spew their hot takes or if Whitlock can coon on Fox Sports 1, then, you know, we should be able to and talk about, you know, our opinions and give our facts, too. Yeah, we want to be able to back some people up over here. That's all we're trying to do. <laughs> Until next time on The Realist, take care. Uh, Jovan, I will talk to you soon. And everybody out there, keep listening, keep reading. TotalSportsLive.com. See you later.